Actors, we've all got issues, so let's talk about them. I'm Juaniala, and welcome to Actors with Issues. Each week, we bring you interviews with actors from across TV, film, and Broadway, taking many deep dives into their careers and getting into the successes, the struggles, and of course, the issues that they face as actors. That's enough about us. Let's dive into the episode. Today's guest is an actor you know from everything. Power Rangers, Black Mirror, Aquaman, Mortal Kombat, The CW's Kung Fu. Please welcome to the stage, Ludi Lin. Ludi, thank you so much for coming and for joining us today. How are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so welcome back to the show, actually, because you did one of our roundtable interviews earlier uh, this year. So thank you for coming back. Uh, yes, that's right. So thank you for having me again. Yeah. Uh, so before we dive into the show and uh, the issues, given the name of our show, uh, we always start with a quick game. Uh, so just pick a number between one, two, and three. Oh man, I don't remember this game. Okay, one. There used to be just one game. Now I give options. Uh, so number one is called Getting to Know You. So it's some this or that. It's some uh, normal questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we always start with an easy one, coffee or tea? Uh most of the time tea are you a morning person or a night owl i'm a morning person i i've become a morning person <laughs> i used to be an extreme morning person like a 3 a.m morning person <laughs> so now i'm like a 6 a.m normal average joe average cup of joe morning person <laughs> uh do you prefer film or television film although i still prefer film it's like it's like whether you, you like to go out to eat a gourmet meal or um, or home cooking, you know? Most of the time, you eat home cooking. I think TV is like the bulk of my uh, media diet at the moment, but um, still going out to see a film, there's nothing like it. Mm. That's why it's special because it's rare. Right. Uh, drama or comedy? Drama. Dramedy, drama, drama, comedy. Dramedy <laughs> is the best. A good dramedy is the best. Yeah, I think every drama should have some comedy. That's what mm -hmm. makes a great drama, you know. Yeah. But um, why isn't it comedy or tragedy? Oh, that's a good question. Because no, it's, it's, it's interesting. No one refers to anything as a tragedy anymore. It's like that's like classic literature, and not that's interesting. You bring that up. I didn't even think yes. of that. Because life is tragedy right now. Yeah, right. They're trying to escapism, you know, not so much yeah. focus yeah. on what's happening yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say, um, damn, I haven't seen a very good, like a guffaw comedy in a long time. That makes my gut hurt. Mm. Like that's, that's also doubles as a good ab workout. Um, the last, the last one of those I saw, um, I think Game Night. Do you, do you remember? Oh, you yeah, great that was movie. Awesome. That was awesome. Yeah. Love but I yeah. have to go back and watch Clue every once in a while because that's like my favorite comedy of all time. Oh, uh, really? Clue. The, yeah. the original Clue. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim Curry, Clue. just such a great cast. It's like, yeah. Yeah, there's a dramedy. I mean, there's murder in there, but it's still yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Multiple endings, no? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer playing the hero or the villain? You've done both. I, I, I prefer playing the hero, actually. Mm. I've always been, ever since I was a kid, I've always had a very straight and narrow view of, um, of good and bad. Like, I always loved the good guy. But then my definition of the good guy was different. For example, Tom and Jerry. 
I always wanted uh, Tom. Tom's the cat, right? Tom yeah. is the cat. Tom cat. Yeah, Tom's the cat. I love cats. So I always wish the cats would win once in a while. I didn't think that, you know, that would turn into the murder of Jerry if that ever happened. <laughs> but uh, it was just, I, I say the hero, but I like the underdog more. Mm. Uh, what is the last show that you binge watched? Um, binged watched. Oh, I just, yes, uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, I watched The English on Amazon. Oh, with Emily Blunt. Yeah, I haven't oh, watched yeah. that. So good. Yeah, I've got to watch oh, it. It's so good. It's like, it's like you get goosebumps. Like I'm getting <laughs> goosebumps just thinking about it. It's so good. Oh, I love um, it. Do you do any accents or impressions? And if so, can we hear one? Uh, I, I do. I mean, I, I lived with an American accent for a long time um, while I was going to school. And, you know, depending on where I'm work, working, see, it's slipped out a little bit. So, like, sometimes I just talk like this as an American when I'm down there with you guys. And I, I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you think about it. You it's good. Guys, it's total schmuck. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's that's a good one. I mean, I, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Accent is like acting, accents, um, in, impressions. I I wish I could get into impressions more. Mm -hmm. I think that that's actually a really good lost art, lost skill. But um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of biopics these days, so I feel like people have to sort of learn to do more impressions of these like you know, classic Hollywood figures, like with, you know, with Elvis and uh, all these other movies coming out. Um, but yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I know a lot of actors, actresses, especially from like the minority culture, like the, the bio, the, the biopic or biopic, however you say it, um, depending on what accent you're mm -hmm. going with there. But um, like for, for them, for us, a biopic is the dream because it's so few and far in between. Yeah. I know a friend, um, we were just talking about this, Vanessa, Vanessa Yao on Kung Fu. Um, she just did a, did a small, um, did, did a, did a feature film, an indie film about a, um, a, a Chinese, uh, painter, a female Chinese painter that was famous around 1920s, 1930s in Shanghai. Mm. And, and she did a biopic of her in English filmed in LA. So that's really really interesting really rare i love hearing things like that especially when it's done in the english language i know it doesn't maybe it's not I, i'm not sure how the script is whether it's just like a, a translation and, and you use your leap of imagination um you know to, to get into the times but yeah um anything like that is really interesting um what's the next one i have here oh, oh are um, we still doing the game right now we yeah. are <laughs> it's okay, okay. <laughs> Um, if you could have dinner with any actor, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, wait, I, I think I've had this one before. Um, any actor, dead or alive, huh? Um, well, truly, this might be a canned answer, but um, truly, I think uh, for, for someone who has passed, I think I would definitely love to sit down with Bruce Lee because mm -hmm. um, I not not that I like to pick his brain or like pick a fight with him. I definitely wouldn't want to do that, but just um to to see how to see his reaction about the times that we live in whether he thinks that 
like we're, we're, we've made any progress because we get that question all the time right mm -hmm. do you think hollywood has changed do you think the film industry have changed do you think the world has changed so i like to get his impression of that um then i mean yeah alive i, I guess anyone too mm -hmm. i think you could just sit down and have like I, I would like to have a conversation a dinner where you're locked into the room with no phones and no escape and you're forced to actually sit down and have a meal and open up mm -hmm. i think if you could do that have an opportunity to do that with anybody it would be like a worthwhile it would be a worthwhile dinner, you know? It doesn't matter if you've been working for a long time or you're just starting out or just anybody, really. Yeah. And I don't know if actors really contribute to the, to the, to the, to the value of the dinner. Mm. I, I, I don't know if anyone, they, whoever I pick might be bored to death by me. So maybe I should pick someone who um, has a better chance of having a good time. I mean, I, I love having done the podcast for as long as I have, because, you know, when it started, I was just talking with my actor friends who you yeah. know, had just booked their first co-star, you know, two line role on the show. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just talking about that. And then it's like, as oh, it yeah. progressed, it's talking with folks like you who've done these like franchises and film and television and all of that. So just getting this like range of I, I like want to sit and I, I want to see like a, a round table with actors who are like just starting and then with like veterans yeah. and just see like, you know, yeah. see what happens, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Cause there's like so I, much, there's like a fresh perspective and then like all this experience that's coming in, you know? Yeah. True. True. I could see that. I could see that. Um, I mean, it would be interesting. I wonder though, if the difference wouldn't be whether they've been working for a long time or they're just starting out, um whether it be whether they're still hungry you know no no pun on the dinner part food part <laughs> but i think um sometimes people that have just booked like the first day playing uh, role or one or two liner they they're so excited you know because mm -hmm. it's like the the potential is almost limitless yeah. right they're just starting out and there's like just a like like a tree from its uh, trunk, you see unlimited branches coming out of it. Um, whereas people who have worked for a long time, and if you don't put your mindset in a way where you just want to experiment and go out there and still explore different areas, but the industry also forces you to narrow down your choices because that's, you, you have to, the only thing you're limited by is the time you have, right? And the choices mm -hmm. you make. So sometimes like that lessens the hunger a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're set in a in a way. Like for myself, I'm I'm you know I'm vegan, so I don't get hungry over meat anymore. I don't salivate over meat, really, mm -hmm. right? Because I set myself on these rules that limits the choices I have, and therefore I'm not as like bloodthirsty. <laughs> I, I think maybe speaking with bloodthirsty people would be the most interesting thing because it's so pure that energy. And uh, lastly, in uh, three words, describe your most memorable audition. And memorable could be good or bad. So that's entirely my, my memorable. Oh, yeah, man. Memorable. Okay. Um, uh, um, nervous. Uh, painful. Um, disappointed. Can you share what the audition is for or is it under wraps? Uh, no, I, 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 this is, this is for Shang-Chi and I didn't, 
Mm-hmm. Um, because I was on another project at the time, I didn't actually get in the room. And um, and the whole thing was, it, it was important. I knew it was going to be important, whether for me or for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think the that taught me a big lesson. It taught me that at the end of the day, it taught me that there's value in disappointment. And it was very valuable, mm-hmm. you know, because... If you're not disappointed, then you haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, you weren't that, invested that, enough. Yeah. yeah. That disappointment is proportional to how much effort that you put into this, mm-hmm. how much meaning there is, right? It tells you that you still care about this thing. Um, if you're not disappointed, then maybe it's time to, you know, try something else, open a cafe or or something like that, right? But um, but yeah. So I don't I I don't see those words um, in a negative sense. I think they're very positive. I think it's like it it pushes you forward and it's the drive, right? Yeah. Um, and I also think that because you asked what's the most memorable, I think that things that hurt, yeah, I remember much more than things that are wonderful. Of course, there's those great memories as well. But on a on an even ladder, it it, uh, it 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 sticks with me a bit more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So going back to sort of like the earlier days of your career, I'm curious, like, uh, when did acting first get on your radar? And then along the way, once you decided you wanted to sort of go into it full time, pursue it as a career, um, do you recall what was maybe like the hardest time you had? Because I know Lord knows that, you know, throughout an actor's career, there's so many times that they want to quit or they're just like, maybe this isn't it anymore. Um, But yeah, when did when did it first get onto your radar? We'll start with that. Uh, I think subconsciously acting has always been on my radar. I think uh, I said this before, I think subconsciously um, acting or just like it starts with because everything plays on a spectrum Mm. kind of. Right. Um, I think we all start with role playing, whether you like playing, whether you like playing with G.I. Joe's, Barbie, playing house, playing doctor, you know, Mm. whatever, whatever it is. There's always a role-playing element. It's how we how we discover things, right? It's like animals. It's like um, I read this fascinating thing about uh, pets. You know, sometimes cats. Do you have a cat? Have you ever owned? I don't. A cat? I've had a dog before. No. Had a dog. Okay. So I don't know if dogs do this. I think they sometimes do because a friend of mine in LA, uh, her dog sometimes does this. Uh, they leave bits and pieces of smaller animals at your door. My, my friend's dog would uh, leave like a squirrel tail or something. Love squirrels, right? Love chasing after squirrels. But cats are especially notorious for this because cats will leave, you know, like a half maimed animal at your door. And um, evolutionarily, that's how t- cats teach their young to hunt. They would cripple an animal, a prey, 
and and bring it back to their nest mm-hmm. or their um I, I guess that yeah their home their home or whatever is it a nest for cats I don't know a kennel no that's a dog I don't know <laughs> but um but yeah so they would bring a meme animal to let their young practice mm-hmm. catching them and that's their form of playing okay. you know and you saw you see those uh, National Geographic films of little lions like wrestling back and forth and that's them playing like playing fighting like playing when they need to compete for a mate or go out to hunt right so i think i think um in a way oh this is interesting i think in a way maybe kids play so that they can fill their roles use their imagination to fill the role of what they would become as an adult you know mm-hmm. and then you asked when did that start coming onto my radar. I, I guess that's childhood. But the most interesting thing is to choose that as a lifelong pursuit. That's almost like a refusal to actually grow up. <laughs> that you're is, still, yeah, that, that checks you're, out. You're still, you're still playing, um, even in your, you know, middle age, old age. You still haven't, which is nice because you don't know what the human potential is, you don't know what you could become right you're just this bowl of um like pro pro proteus um proionic energy and then um along the way was there any point in time that you were you were ready to to give up or or take a break from from auditioning or or from acting altogether no i don't think so i always thought like i always i could do other things along with acting Mm -hmm. um you know, people find ways of surviving, living, um, whether it's being a waiter. Uh, I had a job. I had a job at a gym mm. for a while. Um, and plus, along with acting, I was also pursuing um, medicine as a, as a career, mainly because of, you know, family pressures, the whole lawyer, doctor, engineer thing that we've you know, beat almost half to death and we're still beating on right now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I never, I never felt like I needed to ever give up. Do you know what I mean? But the biggest revelation I came to is that when I was in, when I was in university, um, uh, you know, for, for, for uh, theater or like in acting class, even staying in LA, seeing a lot of my friends and, and my, just the social circle around me, um, they, they they have this mentality that they need to act to live. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I understand that because it's big, big, risk, big, big reward, right? That old scene that you see with um with this kind of like this uh this um I, I don't know why the imagery is the starlet, this like pure, untouched, like a epitome of um feminine chastity that comes from um, any town Midwest in America <laughs> arrives in LA on a big bus and then, you know, the, and she comes in and then some like swindler agent goes up to her and be like, Hey, you want to be a star? And the next <laughs> thing you know, she's with like glasses, um, big red lips and all done up. You can hardly recognize her. So, so people pick up their entire lives to move to a new city right. and they expect like, this is, this is it. They shut off all other options. This is what I'm doing. If it's either do or die, right? Sink or swim once I get here. And sometimes it's like that. LA sometimes is, is a bit predatory. Like it can swallow you whole like that as long, as long as it draws you into that mentality. 
you know, but um, at some point in when I was uh, studying acting and, you know, learning and, and, and working, I realized that um, it, it's the opposite. You, you can't act to live. Um, you, you live to act like acting should benefit your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, because I think the best characters on, you see on screen or in a play or whatever, they, they come across as the most authentic characters. Right. Mm-hmm. And the characters that you believe in, whether they maybe they're doing something wrong or someone that you aspire to being, you, you relate to them because characteristics that they have is something that, projects like comes across positively in in you and I think to be that kind of to portray that kind of character the best thing you could do is actually to live an inspiring life that someone could aspire to so that old adage like acting is being you're just like being that thing because it's otherwise it's really um exhausting to have to fake that all the time I would think and I don't even think I don't even know if that's possible. So if you want to act a certain way, you actually need to know how to be that type of person. And you ask whether I like being a hero or a villain. I really like being a hero and and like to authentically portray a hero. Like you never believe villainous heroes, right? Those right. like like in Spider Man, as soon as you see Jake Gyllenhaal, you're like, oh, that guy's gonna that guy's up to no good. Yeah. You're always guessing. There's something in you. It's like that hearing thing. It's something that you tuned into, like inauthenticity, I think, is um, is a dead giveaway. Yeah, I feel like especially uh, actors watching movies were very uh, not paranoid, but we're, we're, we're rather on edge. We uh, are a little cynical <laughs> when it comes to people's intentions because yeah. we know yeah. this is a slightly shady business. So we're like, mm, is that genuine or was they pra- were they practicing their acting? You know, ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. What do you remember? Some movie that you've seen in, in uh, like lately that you that, that I had that feeling with the act yeah, with the character. Um, it's usually what? a horror movie, like a slasher oh, film, okay. like uh, yeah. Scream, the most recent one, the one that came out, um, I think in January. Oh, okay. Uh, when I saw that, you know, it's usually like, who's the who's the guy under the mask? Is it the boyfriend? Is it the best friend? Is it someone else? And as soon as the boyfriend appeared on screen, I was like, oh, it's him. It's always the boyfriend in these movies. Right. Right. But it's Jack Quaid from The Boys and he's a great actor and just did such a great job of trying to come off oh, as right. the nice guy. And I'm like, right. mm, it's all bullshit though. I don't believe it right. at all. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's the play. I wonder if they do that on purpose so that it doesn't screw us up too bad. Like it doesn't make us um second guess every person that we see. If they do too good a job, what if you know, it's like it's like that Game of Thrones effect. You get so um, attached to a character. Once they kill them, you're like, oh, man. Like, that's why I think people had such a big reaction to the Game of Thrones, because mm-hmm. that was the first that was the first, I guess, widely seen thing that dared to do, like screw kill up. Your head like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kill off your favorites. And then you don't know what's going to happen. You're completely lost. You're like, wait, they just violated the rules there. Because like you said, even when the actor's really doing a great job at like portraying someone who in the end is not what you think they are still, there's something in the movie that somehow gives it away. And uh, having been in this industry for, for so long, what have you noticed has changed the most about 
show business about entertainment? I think the breadth, mm -hmm. um, like the 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 reach that it's going out to now. It's like um, like I said, I, I watched the English, um, and it was in I think at least like three four languages, mm -hmm. um, some French, some American, you know, like British English, um, different native languages, sign language, all this mm -hmm. stuff, and people. I think it's because of the amount of content that were were um, were presented with it's forced us to seek uh novelty mm. right? and novelty is good because it injects some new element into the thing i think the breadth and the reach how now you're making a film and it's or a tv series it's probably going to be seen you know across the world mm. and people will have different interpretations of it it's um it puts us in this um I don't know, uh, like it, it forces us to get along because we get immediate feedback. Um, you know, it's not like we're doing an experiment just in our own laboratory anymore, like the world's laboratory, you know? And having, uh, having been part of, you know, again, like these like big budget films and television, I'm sort of doing like a bit of everything. Um, what have you noticed is maybe a misconception about the industry, something that sort of like the general public thinks about acting or being an actor or, or the industry itself that you've sort of debunked over the years? Well, I think I think the general public thinks that they um, they know what the industry is mm -hmm. when nobody knows what the industry is. Like no one, no one, <laughs> truly nobody knows what the industry is. Um, and I think, I think the general public, that's why people peg, um, like certain people for certain roles and they just can't understand it when that doesn't, you know, it, it goes against what they think, um, that things should turn out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people are really attached to, to, to their version of reality and what the industry is presenting to them and fair enough because we're trying to like we're trying to tell them that this is reality right when we're making films or a tv series we're trying to tell the person look i want you to draw, be drawn into this world um so when they think that it's so close to you especially like your tv's like a family member sitting in your living room every single day hmm. so you you think that you should know what it's thinking and where it's coming from when in fact you really don't um uh i think um yeah i think that's one thing i think the other thing is um i i i think people a lot of people have said this before um people don't understand the amount of work that has been put into any any success on screen mm. because we sell we we still see um being recognized or, or doing a great piece of work or we celebrate celebrity like it's a it's a golden ticket mm -hmm. right it's that lottery ticket that you win like this is the thing that made it but I think I, I can't think of a single case when you dig into the past that that person hasn't overcome so many challenges to actually get there do you know what I mean? The amount of work, the amount of failures that they had to went through to get there. Even even um, stars that look uh, super young, and you think, "Oh man, it's that role," and they were, you know, they worked with a great director, and that was a box office hit, so that made them. 
Um, and then you look into the past, they're like, they've been working um, in on TV since they were three or something like that, right? Or like they've had to change so many careers, but the acting is the one thing they always stuck with. It's like in their hearts, you know? Mm-hmm. The, amount, the sheer amount of hard work, um, but, but usually people are like, oh, they are so handsome uh, or beautiful um, and they just slept their way to the top probably. Right. <laughs> like these days, like that's not, yeah, that's that never doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I was no. just, I was just speaking with uh, an actor, Matt Shively, who grew up doing a lot of sitcoms. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he said something similar. He brought up the actor Noah Centineo who a lot of people think like, you know, rose to global, I mean, he rose to sort of global fame through a, a Netflix series of films called um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Right. Like teen teen right. rom-coms. Right. And, um, but if you look right. at his IMDb page, he's got a dozen credits before that. Oh, he did a yeah. series, he did other yeah. films, smaller parts, yeah. but they think like, no, yeah. this one thing blew up his career. It's like yeah. overnight success. It's like, well, no, like 10 years <laughs> in the in the making to, to get that one thing that, you know, launched them. Yeah. But then, you know, yeah, I feel like that's the case a lot. Struggle, we, yeah. It's a struggle. Um, um, did you, did no is no other guy in black Adam is, yes. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, right? yeah. That's right. So much work, man. And you can tell, and you can tell he's still putting, putting in a lot of work too. Mm-hmm. And also comes with that is the internal struggle, like your mental struggles. Um, it's just, it, uh, it puts, it puts everything, um, in this, it magnifies it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because of like the social pressures, because of everything. Um, look, when you're working in an office, if someone does a better job than you, you don't, you don't really know because you don't ask people about the, their bonuses or the, their paycheck or whatever. Right? And that's, that's changing now. So maybe that will be different. It'll be interesting to see where this like, um TikTok thing of like posting your salaries online and like whether that will make people feel better or worse because then you'll be like wow how come I'm I thought I was doing okay but now and maybe you are doing okay maybe you're happy but as soon as you know that someone else is doing the same job as you who's 10xing your pay it's unfair but still when it affects yourself is that it made you like much less happy and with acting is like every day in the news, you go like, I've been working just as hard and this person's getting this, 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 this. And um, everything is so overblown that um, it diminishes your, uh, your own sense of accomplishment, you know? And um, sort of thinking of the issues, again, given the name of our show, um, you've been here before, you, you know what our show is about, but <laughs> yeah, uh, what comes to mind as like a, a career obstacle that you faced or an issue that you could shed some light on for our audience of, of young artists? I think, I think the biggest obstacle is um, like always yourself. I think you're always mm-hmm. your own worst enemy um, because uh, you like, because we're in the business of feelings. Mm-hmm. right when you're acting you're actually feeling so um to polish that into like a sharpened blade it it's so easy to cut yourself with it yeah. do you know what, what i mean so um you're 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 trying to be very sensitive and when that happens you have to make a choice between like you have to really define what is just business and um you know not not to chastise yourself too much mm-hmm. i think that's always the number one obstacle um 
the other things are like the the bigger picture of how I saw things because um I think I think you know that I'm I'm uh, Chinese Canadian mm. and I was born in China and really the the way that um the way that um like the way that the media says like China wants this or Chinese has done this or something like that it's always one they personify a country and it, it's not clear what they're addressing and because I belong to that culture to that community um it hits me in a different way and I I I, I know that there's things that affect public perception in a lot of different ways and um and I think a lot of a lot of um, Chinese actors and and everyone knows that. I mean, it's common knowledge within my community, but I still don't know how you know wh whether the general public still believes this. Is that uh, during COVID, you know, um, anti Asian crime has gone up a lot. So um, I think public that's just one part of that public perception. That's a big issue. So that's an obstacle that we're constantly overcoming. And um, not to complain that that the obstacles are there, because overcoming them is a part of the struggle, is a part of the fight, is a part of the interest. It's like I said before, there is no uh, everything comes from a struggle, right? So that's what puts meaning in it. So um, it's it's a, it's an obstacle, but there's definitely no complaining about it. It's just what you what you do about it. Yeah, I, I love that. Wow, that 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 really hit me. Because um, you know, we I feel like we hear all the time that you know that actors specifically like you know don't worry about the things that are not in your control. And of course, that's much easier said than done, um, especially when it comes to acting, because you know you don't get. Hang on, there's sirens going on right now. Welcome to New York. Uh, okay, man. I'm I'm in a similar neighborhood. The sirens going on all the time and it's not until you start taping something right. that you know, <laughs> because usually it's just it, it, it blends into the background noise it's kind of like that it's kind of like um like uh um prejudice or racism usually when it's in the culture it just blends into the general noise yeah right it's just day-to-day -day life you're like this is the status quo and then something happens that sparks something yeah and then you go wow that I've been living with that this whole time and I didn't even recognize it. Yeah. And it's that siren that prompts you to react, to take action. Yeah. Great analogy. That was great. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so given that you've done such a, like a wide variety of, of projects already, you've done like fantasy, sci-fi action, superhero movies. Uh, what haven't you done yet that you really want to sink your teeth into do you want to do like more comedy since you've done a lot of dramas do you want to do more television what what's sort of on your bucket list yeah i would love to do a comedy i'd love to do a comedy i'd love to do um i'd love to take time to do a play um i would love to do i would love to do a lot of things speaking of like opening a cafe i'd love to start a cafe i would just like love to experiment with things right but in terms of like the film industry there's just a lot of things i want to do um and it's just limitless and i i hope i get to do more projects in asia because before 
before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of things over there. Um, that was really interesting. It gives me a chance to, you know, get to know different Asian cultures more deeply. Um, I would love to do more of these international projects and um, and putting my hands into um, smaller films. Mm -hmm. That's something I would be very interested in uh, in uh, exploring and pursuing um, these next few years because, like personally, I've gotten just I, I watched Black Adam and then you know Black Panther back to back mm. and and sure um, great movies but it it's I'm getting a bit of fatigue to be honest it's like it yeah there's a limit you know yeah so um, you know I I love to. I love to do films that I I take things away from. Like a very small film I did was called Son of the South. And it's a drama based on the civil rights movement, um, the, the freedom bus rides. Um, it was filmed in Alabama. And that film gave me way, way more than um, sort of like any big budget film. It gave me an understanding of how society works here and how even though it was focused on, um, you know, uh, uh, that uh, the fight for Black Americans to have their civil rights, but it gave me an understanding of how the society worked in terms of Asian Americans, um, Latino Americans, all the underrepresented Americans and how things are changing, you know? And also gave me a sense of empathy for the people that, I mean, to, to um, I mean, not to like, you know, stir the pot, but, um, it gave me an understanding of why things were the way they were. Like I understood the history of the KKK and um, mm. Jim Crow era and where all that came from. And it gave me a sense of um, understanding, if not empathy for them, you mm. know, um, it gave me an understanding of why that was wrong. And most importantly, uh, I think those little films teach you because you're so intimate you're like, you're in every nitty gritty piece of the thing, the working of the film, right? Um, you understand it much more, the intention of the film, where it's coming from. So it sets, it, it changes your life in a fundamental way. So um, for example, that film just left me with a sense that like we shouldn't be hypocrites. Like you hear a lot of people these days talking about like making fun of white people um, you know, like making fun of uh, men, making fun of this and that. And I understand because it's a backlash from what's been done with them before. There's a lot of resentment and anger and definitely that needs to be expressed somehow. But I think it can be expressed in a positive way um, because I think, I mean, doing the same thing as what's done unto you, mm -hmm. if it's a bad thing, then like you can't make a good argument how that's not hypocritical. hypocritical. Yeah, I, can, I mean, you know, we, I feel like we all grew up hearing, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah. So doing the same thing back to people is literally quite the opposite of that. You're just yeah. putting all of this, yeah. you know, I'm very big into like the law of attraction and what you put out into the universe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back and, yeah. you know, just make sure you put out yeah. the right thing. And yeah, I yeah. just left. A, I was just in Los Angeles for um, a diversity summit for the yeah. media community. And yeah, something that uh this one speaker brought up was instead of canceling to yeah. provide counseling because yeah. when you try and cancel someone you're just stopping you're not even allowing a conversation you're just like get rid of them you're silencing yeah. someone instead of 
taking the time to talk with them and trying to, yeah. you know, develop a, 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 open up a dialogue instead of just sort of shutting them up and being like, you know, what you're saying is wrong and you don't deserve to speak rather than what you're saying is wrong. Here's why you need to understand and educate yeah. the person, you know? Yeah. That's it's the only way to go. I mean, I'm, I'm watching the, the, your election, the midterm elections in the States, obviously from the front row seats over here up North in Canada, yeah. like directly your neighbors just watching this. Um, and so I'm a bit removed, but I'm thinking like, you can't cancel half the country. Right. right exactly that's so that's not that you can't you can't do that that's that's not even viable option and i thought democracy was about this is i feel like you know people make a big deal i might be wrong so um if if you disagree counsel me for this don't cancel me um or do whatever you want you can cancel me if you want but um but i feel like 50 50 is kind of what people are looking for yeah Balance. Right. I, I thought that's what democracy was about. So like half the country thinks this way, half the country thinks another way. The only thing is that there's no, like you said, there's no counseling, there's no conversation going on. People mm -hmm. are just so staunch like this. I think that's the word what that's that's what the word radical means. They're so staunch in their stance. Yeah. Um, but 50 50 it's a division, but it's what you want. It's like how our brain works, you know, like 50 left brain, 50 right brain, right? It's like, you know, you know, language and, you know, art and rationality. I know like that's not exact brain science and I'm really just like bro science my way about this, but, but I, but that's what I think, right? That's the balance you're seeking. The only thing is you need that, like that middle area of the brain to start talking to each other that's been cut off right now. And one thing's going one way, the other thing's going the other way. Um, I keep, <laughs> I keep losing our, our train of thought on this. I don't know what we were talking <laughs> about before. I think it got really serious all of a sudden. It's okay. And, and, and this is why, <laughs> this is, this is the question you asked me before. Like, would I love to explore more comedy? I would love to explore more comedy because things get so dramatic uh -huh. already. You know, I would love to be put in an environment where they're like, you have to think about funny. Yeah, that's just buffoonery. That's That'd be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so before we go, we always end with um, uh, a quick game called Now That We Know You, since we've gotten to, uh, to chat with you for a while. Um, so fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? I'd be traveling. Uh, what was the role you had the most fun playing? Um... Power Rangers, Power Rangers. That was a lot of fun. Uh, what role was the biggest like learning opportunity for you? Also Power Rangers. That was a that was an eye opener. That was like your first sort of like major film. That was my first major studio film. Actually, it would be a tie between Power Rangers and um, and Son of the South. Okay. Because like, man, being in Montgomery, Alabama and seeing the, you know, the Equal Justice, uh, Justice Institute and all the memorials and the history there, that was so eye-opening for me to understand American history. It was, yeah. yeah. I, I hope That's that the American history they're trying not to teach anymore, sadly. The what? That's all the American history they're trying not to teach anymore. I'm sure you've heard they're, you know, rephrasing slavery to be like involuntary servitude or whatever it's like they're just like trying to water it down all right that's a big I, I don't that that I don't, I don't think that's ever going to work like um i think the truth comes out eventually it's just yeah. you know um 
But yeah, but that was a game changer as well. I really hope that I do get to do a project about like ancient Chinese history or like just Asian in general, because mm. it's so fascinating. Like there's 6,000 years of history that yeah. hasn't been dug up. That's been represented here in the West as what, like Mulan, you know, that's what we get. Yeah. But like right. this, that's like less than, less than the tip of my iceberg. That's like yeah. less than the dust on a sand dune. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I, 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 I would love that anyway. Yeah, there's so many movies about American history, and it's like we're a, what less than three, four hundred year old country, and there's like yeah. thousands of years elsewhere that no one's covering. It's very yeah. frustrating. I, yeah, that, you know, no, no, but, but great stuff has been made. Oh man, the English is so good. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a bit of a revisionist history, and I read up about it, and it's um, it's like fictional inspired by all these really interesting sources. But the core is there, you know. It's so it is, yeah, it's well done. Um, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, don't take the shit too seriously. I love that. Every time someone says yeah. that, I'm just like, yeah, it's relax, guys. Take a breath. It's not that serious. Right. It's not life or death. Let's stop treating it like every gig, right. every audition is life or death. It's not. Yeah. yeah. And if it yeah. is, you made some poor financial decisions yeah. to make this yeah. one job depend yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. I think I think at the end of it, um, even if you look at it objectively, even if you have to take it very seriously, even if the shit is serious, mm-hmm. you'll do a better job by tricking yourself into thinking it's not that serious. Because the whole thing about like relaxation and being being not too in your head and just let your body flow with everything. And plus it brings up lots of interesting things when it's not that serious, you know? And just being present, you know? Because so, yeah. in your head, you're just... So, yes. Yeah. Again, humor. Because you can't yeah. be you know again comedy i think that's it out of this conversation that, that's the thing i'm going to take that's my takeaway from this yeah gotta, gotta do more comedy someone gotta cast looting a comedy and so everyone go watch the english those are the two biggest takeaways here biggest takeaways yes um what is the worst advice that you've ever gotten what's the worst advice um trust no one mm. that's pretty yeah, that's pretty. Someone said like the opposite in another interview yeah, that's I just did. That's mental to your life. I mean, people yeah. will give crazy advice in this industry. It's yeah. like, which, which, um, which might, which is kind of ironic because, um, don't trust the person who tells you to trust no one. You know, you can trust everyone but that person. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in ten words or less. What advice would you give to a young actor? Um, I mean, I always say love the way you suck. And I, I think I said this to you last time as well. Love the way you suck. Yeah. Um, but also fight the good fight, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ludi, thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to chat with us. Um, uh, social media, Instagram, where can our fans find you? Yeah, just search Ludi Lin. I'm on there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. And folks, you know the joke. You can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Monday and bonus episodes throughout the week. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors with Issues. That's Ludi Lin. We'll see you next week. Peace.